Hello, 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 and welcome to this topical life. Today, today's the day we got my mother-in-law, Judy Pauline Murphy, and she's true. She's just a true delight. And I think this conversation about church, her history with church, how she was raised, how it evolved to what it is today, I think is going to be super insightful for all of us just to listen to you know, someone's path, someone's journey, you know, and maybe answer some of the questions you have or just curiosities of the ups and downs of of what that might look like for you and for somebody else. So anyway, Judy, hello. Hello. Um, I could just say so many amazing things about you. Just you have this youthfulness about you. You're 67 years old and you can pretty much get along with any age there possibly could be, which I think is a huge gift to the people around you and also just at church in the role that you play as the, are you the children's director now? What is it that you're, yep. you're just like, yeah. So at a church, she works as the children's director and does a, works a lot with people and they are just so lucky to have you for sure. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I have two daughters, mm -hmm. you, daughter-in-law, and my Christy, and mm -hmm. you girls, plus my boys, too. But yeah. you you help keep me young. <laughs> it's the truth. I mean, that's a whole different subject, I know. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about church. But daughters, for their moms, are wonderful tools because you keep help me keep young at heart. You help me buy clothes. <laughs> you know, as you know, <laughs> yeah. you keep me in purses. So yeah. it's like, thank you for all you do. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. We, we have a good time for sure. Yeah. So let's just dive right into it. Church. Yeah. How it started for you. You were born in Pueblo, Colorado. Well, I wasn't born in Pueblo, Colorado. I was born in Clarksville, Arkansas. Oh, really? But yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Mom and dad, oh, yeah. They decided to move there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. They moved. Uh, dad went moved to go work at the CFNI steel mill mm -hmm. that he heard about in Pueblo, Colorado. So I was only not more than a year old. So I was raised in Pueblo, Colorado. Yeah. Till I was 18 and then moved to Oregon. So. Yeah. So that's where all my growing up was. And then you were, what kind of church were you involved in? Well, um, it was a, a church. Well, it was a church that we went to for, I mean, all my life. Mom and dad were, they, were, they went to church all their life and they raised me to go to church. And so I guess um, that's where I met Jesus. That's where I first met Jesus was at church. Some people, you know, meet Jesus at different places and different times in their life. But for me, it was church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and sometimes in between if there were different functions or revivals or camp meetings or something like that. So, so we went to church a lot. What kind of church was it? Like it was like a Pentecostal, 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 yeah, yeah. Pentecostal church. And now yeah. you're involved church of with God, Church of God. So you're now more in non-denominational situation. Yeah, 
Yeah. So basically you were at church and at, I think you said at age around 10 or so, you started to think about some of the texts from the Bible versus what you were hearing in church. And it got, you started to question some things like, is that? Yeah, it got complicated. You know, um, I think I am very thankful to mom and dad. I'm very thankful for the church because like I said, I met Jesus. I received him and I, and I talked to him and had a relationship with him. But then, you know, comes the questions. Who are you, God? How do I follow you? What's my purpose? Uh, what's church about? What really is, what's the Bible about? Mm-hmm. And that probably started getting a little complicated for me, I'd say around 10, you know, with all the the, the growing up trials and tribulations, school and wanting to fit in and all the, the things, wanting to have fun, but wanting to follow God. There's just, of course, we have a lot of questions in our life, as you know, that um, we they're confused about. But I feel like that my picture of God was confusing mm-hmm. because the church that I was raised in, it was very um, strict about don't go to, sh- to shows, don't um, wear too much makeup, don't um, really wearing pants was frowned on, you know? Um, So a lot of those things, oh yeah, well, don't dance, you know, don't dance, don't do that. So it was a lot of don'ts. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, you know, that's what was being a good Christian. It was being a good Christian by not doing all those things. And I realized that even though I loved God and I wanted him and I, and, you know, I felt the Holy spirit in me and um, I felt the relationship with him, but I just didn't understand what to do. I didn't understand where to go from there and how to live. Right. Which then turned into your teenage years with more rebellion. Is that right? Just like, Oh yeah. So it was like, I'm just going to turn away from God. That's the thing is that church I mean, this is a prime example of where church can be a hindrance rather than a safe place, you know, like church, God, Jesus, it's all so personal, mm-hmm. you know, to your life. Like everybody's so different and you walk into a place like that and you're being raised different and what you can't question anything at that time. Like, right or you didn't feel comfortable enough to obviously. So it just turns into rebellion. And I've, and I had my own ways too. I can relate to that. Mine was more in the high school years too, but it was more like I felt God and I didn't understand why that I felt comfortable being, and I didn't feel wrong about say like going to a club or something like that. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. wrong about that. And my parents were very, not strict actually um i mean they were in some ways but definitely not you know and so i didn't understand why am i being frowned upon for going to a club when it's like if going to a club is bad then shouldn't they love me because i'm 
so-called lost, like it was like a double whammy. Yeah. You know, not only were you rebellious, but we couldn't love you either because you're being rebellious. Like it's just, it just felt so off, you know? And, but I thought all along that they were off, not my God, the yes. way they were. Right. Is yes. that how you felt yes. too? Or I did, I, yeah. I, you know, in reading the Bible, there was just so many questions in there that this is, this is who I and what I'm reading about God and this being like him. But then we're focused over here on the outward and in the church of so much of don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, of all the negative stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And but then over in the Bible, God is love. I mean, honestly, you know, I felt even though I, I didn't know that much, but there was just I know through it all, I felt the love of God. I heard the love of God mm -hmm. from Genesis one to revelation, you know, the love of God. And that was just the question. Is this the love of God? He seems pretty harsh to me, you know, yeah. from what I'm hearing, he's pretty, he's, he's really up there, you know, pointing a finger at me and, and not, but yet, but yet I know these close to me that when I was afraid he was there when I was lonely, even as a child, he was there. And I feel like, so I feel like my walk was, I can describe it as a seesaw. I've done that so many times. It's like, okay, Lord, I, you know, as a teenager, as, mm -hmm. you know, 11, 12, 13, okay, here's what I'm going to be. I want you with all my heart. So I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to be a good Christian. And mm -hmm. so it's like, you know, you walk that walk in the do's and the don'ts and pretty soon, whoop, there I went, I failed. So mm -hmm. then, well, Lord, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. You know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. So I might as well just go <laughs> down F the it. other road. Go F it. I went way down the other road, <laughs> you know, and I, I did, I rebelled quite a bit. And, but then well, I and that church, and then that I, church told you too that you would go to hell. I mean, it wasn't yeah. just like sin; it was that your sins will go. You will go to hell, right? For yeah. your sins, right? Yeah, definitely. As they say, hellfire and brimstone is what I was yeah. taught. Hellfire and, and brimstone. Um, and yeah, I would, I would go to bed some nights and honestly be afraid that. Mm because of my rebellion that day that I could go to hell. So it was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. That's In a not lot cool. of ways. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. And your, your Linda was your cousin. She, did y'all go to the same church too? Yep. Yeah. So she was a part of the whole thing with you did. Okay. And then it was until you were an adult and you were pregnant with Brian. Mm-hmm. And you kind of had a transition. And what was that like? Like, because at that point you were married and you met Dave, your husband, my father-in-law. Like what changed for you around then? Well, I'm like, trying to think back, but, you know, I, I, I think for those years I was pretty well 
doing my own thing and just not going to church or, you know, not really talking to God and um, just not thinking about that. So, but, but yet I can look back and remember that I would watch a movie and and he would, and I would feel him or something that was said would make me feel like, I love you, Judy. I love you. I'm still here. I, I need, I need to think about that. I need, I need something more. My life is not fulfilled. You know, something is not, something is not fulfilling or good or right with me, even though I love, I still love my husband, you know, and but um, I just didn't feel good about it. But anyway, when I got pregnant with Brian, I guess it was about it was two months to yeah. you know yeah maybe nine two weeks, months that nine week, um, six to nine week appointment yeah yeah where you where you hear the heartbeat mm-hmm. and I went in and we should have heard the heartbeat by then and we didn't. And I think God really used that because I knew that he could help Brian. I knew that only he could make that happen. And I was scared. Mm -hmm. And so I just, and I was on the brim of it anyway. It's like, you know, Lord, I'm going to have children. I, my life isn't happy or right. I I need you. I just I need to come back to you. I need to find you again and and walk with you again. I don't know really how to do it, but um, I just know that I want you. And so the next time I went in, which was like, I don't know, it was only a couple weeks later, we heard the heartbeat and I knew God had answered my prayer. And uh, I just started the journey back to him. I guess that's when I really started the journey back to him and church was involved in that because you know it, I just have to say at 67 years old I still believe in church you know I've had like you've heard a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns and maybe kind of not a great start with church even though I met Jesus there and I'm so thankful for that I know that church is good mm-hmm and I, that's why I'm going today. It's not because I feel coerced. It's not because I feel it's a duty. It's because I know that it's good. Yeah. And we can talk about that later on. But yeah, that's when I started going back to church. And that must have been a long two weeks. Thinking about yeah, like it was the heartbeat not there. And then they're like, okay, wait for two weeks. Yeah. Like, crap that's a long time yeah <laughs> yeah it was scary yeah it was after christmas actually they oh, think that's really? why i didn't go back because there there was a i went right before the christmas holiday and then i had to wait till after it was over oh, to go back that's tough that is tough so kids come along you're in church lots happened and I, I was curious, like when you're talking about back to just real quick, the mm-hmm. Pentecostal thing, like they're uh, obviously they justified or they defended the way of, I 
the way that they believed based on what they thought of the Bible, right? Like, were they like taking verses? Like, were they just throwing scripture just turned around? Like, this is why it gets so complicated, I think, for churches that theology gets misinterpreted and it gets thrown around and that's confusing. Right. I mean, is that, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've heard, and I think it's the truth as best I can remember that I didn't feel like I got a lot of teaching uh, with the church growing up that there were verses, there were Mm -hmm. specific verses and we had stories, you know, Noah and the, I mean, I've known Noah and the ark since I was like, I don't know how old, you know, mm-hmm. um, all the, the stories, but, but I think that um, context in the Bible is so important. We, we cannot take verses out of context. And that's where a lot of, a lot of weird and offbeat theology it gets all mixed up. Mm-hmm. And yes, they there were there were certain verses that I just know this is why this means this and that means that. And I've I've learned since then, no. Yeah. That did not mean that. Mm-hmm. And that totally did not mean that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so learning, really learning the Bible has, oh my goodness, that has been freeing to me. So freeing. Yeah. And non-denominational and, usually usually are more Bible, like they're more not denomination, just more what what's from the teaching from the Bible, basically. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I you know I really don't know about that part. A Bible church, too much. A, a Bible church. Yeah, I don't really know about that because I, like I said, I haven't had a a lot of experience in that. You know, I was just born or raised in. Um, with the Pentecostal and I'm not saying they're it's all like that all mm-hmm. the church I'm not saying I, I do not want to say anything against any denomination because I don't want to label them that's not it that's not true the one I went to that was the specific for me right right but um but that's so I don't have a lot of experience with denominations except I know you know, in being older, that I went to a couple churches in particular that were really, the pastor really, really taught the Bible well, and mm-hmm. that really was helpful to me. And and the church that I'm in now, our pastor is wonderful bible teacher yeah so yeah and he also and he incorporates history too like mm -hmm. you know it all kind of it's it's so hard to well in talking about your journey back to just the actual logistics of it so you got brian kids are coming you you joined a church group it got a little hairy you got out of that uh it the thing that the repetitive thing that I think people struggle with within church is the teaching or the people like it's and that and the teaching stems from the people too. So it's people misinterpreting 
people putting their agenda. It's just so hard to walk into a church and decipher what is good for you as far as what lines up with how you are thinking and challenging you to find truth. And so that's, would you say that that is something you would say? Cause now, I mean, even with the ups and downs that you've been through with relationship in and out of church, church related, and you fully are invested into it now to the point where you're even working for a church, what would you say to someone struggling with relationship uh, with relationship or not sure if they're in the right spot or maybe even some like cultish type vibes? Uh, what would you say to someone who may have a big fat question mark on how they should navigate that? It's a loaded question. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting to ask that, but it's no, a- but you know what, a, what a church is, mm-hmm. I, you know, the foundation of a church, what I believe, and I know that is, is that it's a gathering and it's a family. We, if we go into a church and we are, we feel manipulated or controlled or we feel condemned mm-hmm. or uh, we don't feel loved. I think, I think that's important. You know, I think that those are things that are important that we need to question because um, love is, love is important. We're not going to be perfect. There's no perfect church because mm-hmm. there's no perfect people because it's a gathering, but um but being loved and accepted and being a family and being invited. And we just had a series that I love. It's, it was called the table and it was that um, it's like a home, you know, in our home that, do we love people? Are we, you know, are they invited to come to our table? Are we, are we open to be receiving people? And that's the way I think, you know, it is to be with our church. Our church is that anyone, any, anyone, mm-hmm. everyone is invited to the table. Mm-hmm. Come and Come in, get to know God, get to know us, get to be a part of us. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to to question. You come in and, you know, we all want to know who is God. We want to know why why we were created. You know, we we all have problems. We want to know. Can God really answer? Can God really be the answer to our loneliness? Can he really be the answer to our depression? Well, you know, as a family, we come in and we just encourage one another that yes. So it's, I don't know if that really answers the question. Yeah, it's it's basically keeping it simple to the fact of is this a place you go to and you feel like you're accepted that you can be yourself that 
you had a bad week, you know, you need help, you need prayer. You just, it's, I just can't imagine having a church and there's so many out there that it's, how would you expect anyone to come in perfect or, or strive to be this perfect thing? I mean, I, I'm in a constant place of trying to get better or grow, you know, but that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean perfection, you know, I mean, it's, it's, right. it, it, we're just people in a place that are very imperfect and for anyone to expect anyone to be perfect, it's just, it's just not even possible. I mean, that's what I think with you in church, there's, you're such a steady Eddie when it comes to this kind of stuff, because nothing really ruffles your feathers. Like for instance, a lot of people that get ruffled, let's just say like a pastor has an affair, you know, that's devastating to people. But at the end of the day, that person is a human. They're not perfect. And it almost kind of makes me sad because it's like, even if they were, you know, they're in leadership, they might want to step aside, obviously, to get their life, you know, figured out and all that. They probably are probably not wanting to be on the pedestal of teaching and all that, but, but they're not horrible people. You know, if anything, they need, they need love and acceptance. I mean, it's just amazing how many people put so much weight on, on the pastors or the leadership being so, perfect yes you know and it's it's toxic it's toxic it's toxic well, because the the then sometimes the pastors become you see in churches these certain churches where they take on this pride about themselves like they're esteemed or that they're you know whether it be they are holier than thou or what you know they kind of have that vibe so yes yeah does that i mean are you tracking yeah. with that or? well yeah i do i you know we they're not perfect mm -hmm. and so we can't condemn them if we feel like and say that you know they're they're condemned because of what they do we can't we can't do that any more than anybody else mm -hmm. you know because they're just uh they're imperfect people as well. Now, the only thing I would say is like, if, if a pastor did have an affair that I would, yes, they, that should they be in leadership? Would I want them to continue to be in leadership? No. Now I think clearly there's a problem there with their life mm -hmm. and, and they need to come back to God and they need um, to, you know, they just need to be free. Helped. Yeah, they need to yeah. be. Free. They need to be free of whatever the problem is. Yes, yeah. and whatever that is. So, in that regard, they need to step aside so that they can, they can be, uh, get what they need and be with God. But do I condemn them? Do I think, oh man? I mean, you know, I just think. Honestly, just a side note, it's it's just horrible to hear people can be so absolutely mean on Facebook or social media that they can be absolutely cruel 
for somebody that may, that you know makes a mistake maybe even like you can say fall or 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 you know um just stray away from from what they're doing you know mm-hmm. and it's just and yes should they be in leadership at that moment no but we can be so cruel that's not i don't feel that's god's love at all you, you know like back to me saying that you're a steady eddie it's like i've seen lots of conflict happen in church and you handle it very very well and you make sure that there is accountability just for yourself or just someone to go to to be honest or talk about it you know i think are we criticizing are we saying oh you can't go talk to that person because that's quote unquote gossip like oh that's they were gossiping about blah 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 like it just there's just so much crap that isn't gets, there yeah and it's like we're just trying to be people that getting through this world and we need jesus and this is a safe place supposed to be you know we complicate yes. things we complicate it for sure and and yes now, we should be yeah. a safe we should be a safe place a place that anyone could come mm-hmm. and that's what when we gather you know that's what i feel like that our our church is um about is that we want people to feel welcome and we want them to feel loved in a place where they can ask questions a place that you know they can come and um be real no matter what condition they're in yeah and and there are so in a church there are so many people of all different ages all different walks and and it talks a lot about in the bible how generations need each other like the old yes. need to look at the 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 young and the young need to look for to the old like find that wisdom find that fresh like outlook you know and you're really good at that like that's one thing that I think people probably feel really comfortable talking to you because you're very accepting of anyone in in any circumstance, but you also don't have the vibe of, well, because you're young, like you could easily, you know, you're 67, you could easily talk to someone who's like my age or even younger or whatever, and just be like, well, you just don't really, well, when you get older, you blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just even that way, like just being like, well, what's it like for you? Or what is, you know, what is Jesus telling you? Like what, you know, this was my experience, but what is, what is it that you're dealing with today? You know, and, and generationally speaking, the church, what it was, you know, 20 years ago is different than it is now. It's dealing with different sin. It's dealing with some of the same sin, but like different circumstances. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. think about politics. Remember like Mm -hmm. when we'd have conversations and just be like, whoa that got messy real quick democratic (laughs) you know through covid and just like holy cow like i just like became a recluse and just wanted to just walk away it was too much uh and the church that i you know go to it wasn't that complicated but they didn't make it complicated uh but i think people definitely made it complicated and it just I didn't understand it. Wasn't that kind of a whiplash? Yes. Yes. Like a total whiplash. 
Yes. And living in an Oregon where it's where it does happen to be more democratic. And then the churches were looked at more Republican. And so without the mask situation, it was like, all right, well, if you don't have a mask on, you're obviously Republican, you know, and so <laughs> therefore you could go to church where the church is making a stand. We're not wearing masks because we don't believe that God, you know, what the, um, like I, it's just, I went to a Christian college and one of the things that really stands out to me that still just like hurts is that when 9-11 happened, I was 22, I think, 21, 21, 21, I think so. Yeah. 21. And, and it was, you know, what you, I woke up to the news. I was seeing what was happening. I was like completely in shock and they called everybody to chapel. It just happened to be a day of chapel, like Mondays and Wednesdays were chapel. You go to this chapel for like an hour and then you actually, if you don't show up to chapel, you get a ding against you. You have to show up to a certain amount of chapels. Okay. So they have this chapel and I just remember think like sitting down and the people, the pastor or people or person in charge was like, this is what's happened. And we are going to continue with the school day because, because we know that the terrorists would not want that. They don't want us to carry on. They don't want us to just keep living. And I thought to myself, I'm like, what the hell does that have to do? Like, okay, that's a nice thought. That's part of a thought, but Tragedy has struck our nation. And if you do not feel that in the depths of your soul, I can do whatever the hell I want. If I don't want to go to school, I'm not going to go to school. Mm -hmm. Like I felt terrible. You know, I'm not going to go pretend like it's not happened. You know, like I was just, I just thought that was very, uh, it just didn't sit right with me. And I've had so many moments of things not sitting right and feeling like the oddball out. But who cares if I'm the oddball out? It doesn't matter. Like I can join in and just be part of whatever, but I'm not going to do something that I have had to work through the, what I consider that to me was like a religion that to me was like, God would want us to continue on. Like that's the mm -hmm. vibe. That's the message that was given on. And I just didn't buy into it. I did. And I was confused. I didn't totally buy into it, but I was confused. I didn't feel like it was right. You know, um, well, see, here is how I feel about all that is that we talk about my age and we talk about my generation and that we could we could say to the younger like to you and and my grandchildren and the younger generation is like, well, I'm older. I'm I make, that can be a detriment. That's a detriment. Mm -hmm. And um but but God promises, so I'll just say for me and for, for people my age and older, God makes us new. If we will let him, God will renew our hearts. He will renew our minds. He will, he will take the old out and give us new wine. You know, the new wine, a new, what is God saying today? It's not what God said, you know, 10 years, you know, 
40 years ago, like this is hellfire brimstone. You know, it's like, no, what is God? What's, what's the newness? What's to be teachable in that? So, but what, what I say, you know, Tiff, with you, with my children, with my grandchildren, with the young, with the teenagers today is honestly, you're the fire. You're, you're the fire. You're, I want to be, I want to walk with you. Just like what you're saying is like, this didn't make any sense to me. This is not, this is, there's something wrong with this. Mm -hmm. And I love it when our youth question those things, when they're hearing God afresh, they're hearing, um, they're they're moving in a fresh and you are you're included <laughs> a fresh and new way and honestly that's what i'm honored to do that's that's what i'm doing and hopefully to do in the last chapter of my life here hopefully i have another 30 years but in in this chapter is that yes i, I want to reach out to everyone i want to be available to all people and um hopefully i can help young and old but especially especially do i want to come along beside our youth mm -hmm. and just just to say you know god speaks to you god's leading through you what you're what you're sensing and the and the creativity that god has given you the words that god gives you the the life that he has in you is like i want to learn from that i want to learn i want to walk with you i want to be a part of what god is doing it in this age yeah and you you have that about you and i think that makes a huge difference with people you talk to people you interact with i mean it's essentially you're being teachable and that's the way you it's easier to be that way i mean it's it's freeing to be that way you know, because I mean, think about what church would look like if if that was the how we all were. I mean, yeah. can, you, can you imagine what that would be like? It would be amazing. Yes, you know, it, it would be really. If we were all could walk in newness and freshness, and yeah, except I mean, the Bible is the Bible is from old. But but the but the Bible speaks to us today. God speaks through His Word today mm -hmm. yeah. with the freshness, you know. Yes. With it's alive, and and we don't have to. It would be horrible, um, horribly dry and awful to like take yesterday yesterday's belief, what I believed, or or the church I went to fifty years ago, and it was, that's what it was today, you know, and some people, I know that it's hard. It's like, I know I, I learned this from that generation and this is the way my mom, dad taught me. And this is the way I'm going to teach my kids. And it's, it's not a good thing. A lot of it. And I mean, and it's inevitable. It's, it's inevitable that you will interact with people like that. And there are people mm -hmm. in my life that feel very strong in their biblical conviction. And 
as as like saying, you know, you can't be gay or you, you know, they have their the the solid ground in which they stand, you know, and I think that the when the whole political thing happened where it was just like, whoa, and it's obviously still, you know, in the mix, but just the whiplash of that, it was interesting to see how strongly someone felt about something because I don't think I feel that strongly about anything except love. Like I just was like blown away at like, dang, you really feel strongly about that. Like what's up with that? Like, where is that rooted? Like I was more just like curious as to what made them feel so strong about that, you know, because in the end it really just divides people. But you have to, but being on the other side of that, it's like, don't you want to know why they feel so strongly about that? You don't have to agree with it, you know, but it brings out a curiosity in me of just like, dang, like what makes you think that that's such a solid situation? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's, I kind of go about it that way too, because, because again, you're going to go into a church And you're going to come alongside of these people that are not going to believe the same way you believe all the time or certain things. Yeah. And or certain uh, interpretations. Again, Mm -hmm. I I believe what the Bible says to be the Mm -hmm. word of God. I, you know, that's, I think that's what, um, what we need to be taught and what we need to be, you know, uh, you know, that what we need to be focused on so that that is that's solid. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, it's like, and it's like people don't like, it can go the other way where it's like, you can't have conviction. Like what if someone feels conviction about something, then it mm-hmm. becomes about you, that person with conviction, not turns into judgmental. Like they, that person that's living yeah. in a conviction looks to be judgmental. And that's dangerous, in my opinion, because then that's that's you. Like, I'm trying to think of why it's like if you can't have conviction about something. Therefore, if you don't, if you have conviction about something, then you're being judgmental. You could be looked at as being judgmental and therefore you're not loving. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. OK, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so unfair. Yes. Yeah. You know, because guess what? That person who has conviction now, that might change. If I was judged based on the convictions I had like 15 years ago, you know, then I'm not the same person I am today. And that's because of God. So how can you go into someone's situation, you know, and say this person feels conviction be- conviction about not being homosexual? They don't want to be homosexual. It's not accepting that they're not like, I'm not saying that homosexuality is, is not, is, is not acceptable. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if someone walks into a situation and says, I'm convicted to not be homosexual, that's not them being judgmental of someone being homosexual. Mm -hmm. And I feel like society takes that away from somebody and, and, and it's confusion. Mm hmm. Yes. You know, and so there's just so many sides of breaking down confusion and division that the real 
that the real mission at this point, I think, is is loving people for where they're at and pointing them to Jesus and, you know, accepting them in their conviction and don't make it about you. You know, like, like I just, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think about church and I think of like, if I could just create my own church, what would it be like? You know, um, there's a joke on a meme on, that was being passed around on, I think it was Facebook or Instagram. Maybe I'll have to post it in this topical life, but it says like, if Paul were to know what the state of the church is today, we'd be getting a letter or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's so funny. Um, well, you know, we stand on, we stand on the word. And so people might look at us. I mean, we're going to get all kinds of, you know, people looking at us and thinking, saying you're, uh, you know, because you have conviction or because of your belief, you're, you know, you're single-minded, you're whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to get that all the time, but, but it's, we accept everyone. I mean, I think, you know, I think like, like to love everyone, to accept everyone where Mm -hmm. they are, to feel that they're welcome, to feel like, you know, they don't have to be, you know, whatever, wherever you're at in life, you don't have to change for me. I I love you. Mm -hmm. Now that's, if God wants to work on you, like he works on all of us in a good way, he's a father, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a father. So what, that's what I mean by working on us. That's probably wasn't the good uh, word to use, but it's like, he frees us. He, uh, he loves us. He changes us for the good, but yet that's his work to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we start pointing our fingers and we start, um, not loving, being rude, being uncaring, unloving that towards somebody that don't believe like us, that that's that's a negative <laughs> you know and that's it, well negative. it doesn't it just On doesn't do side, anything it just doesn't do anything no it doesn't accomplish and, anything exactly and on the other side because yes i believe in the word of god yes i believe in jesus i believe yes i believe he is the way the only mm-hmm. way yes i stand on that i'm not ashamed to stand and say that jesus he died. He rose from the grave. He is the only savior, the only way to the father. I'm not ashamed to say that, but you know, I'm going to get people pointing fingers at me and accusing me, but you know, that's just life. That honestly is just life, but, but I can love you and maybe you can love me too. Yeah. And you know, church is just in and of itself is such a hard thing for so many people. I mean, that's the reason why we're talking about this is, is the, the conversation of the state of the church today and why church is important or why it can add to your life. But I think a lot of people with listening to this would feel that church has been very harmful for them or has been unhealthy at times, or maybe is still confused or is in healing. I am definitely in the healing parts of it. Uh, 
you know, for me, just in the healing parts of it, what the things that stand out to me about church is that I'm trying to be more open about the Bible than I used to be because because to me, the Bible was it was, you know, something I learned in school and it was became very uh just learning it out of knowing facts rather than it in my heart. And so mm-hmm. it's like I got burnout, you know, and I mean, I can remember even just a few years ago going to a Bible study like and Bible studies are hard for me in general. But, you know, I think I'll give it a try. Like, I'll just, you know, see some women, you know, be, it'll be good, you know, have a cup of coffee to see what have, people have to say. But I always I, I don't love Bible studies. I just don't. But but I'm open to it. You know, I try every once in a while, I open to it. But this last one I went to, I'll never forget it because <laughs> I was honest. I was just saying, you know, I'm not usually a Bible study person, but I was like, you know, the Bible study has been boring for me before. Bibles have been the boring part of it for me. And they just looked at me like deer in headlights, could not believe <laughs> that I said, yeah, sometimes the Bible's just boring. It's, I mean, is it, is it what you go to bed reading at night? Like, or do you, would you rather read a beach read? Like, like for some people, maybe. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, I'm not, I'm grabbing my Bible to read it out of a discipline of knowing that it feeds my soul. That's very Mm -hmm. personal. That's very personal. And I would never, you know, it's just very personal. And so, but they wouldn't know that. They looked at me like I was like, they don't know that I went to school. I have a degree in the Bible. Like, it just, it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't blame them for that. I mean, someone did say that like later after getting to know me, they were like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of thought you were really, I thought it was really odd that you said that you thought the Bible was boring. (laughs) (laughs) I go, well, that's just me. Okay. (laughs) Take it or leave it. I love I mean, that you're so real. I just, I love that you're real. That's, that's my girl. And I was, and, but you know what? It's like through the years, I just, to me, it's coming back into church. It's, it's never been about, it's just, I feel pursued by God in the way of, let me just show you how I want to love you more so that you can love yes. others the way I know you want to to love. And and church is a part of that, but it's not yes. everything. And honestly, me even talking about church, it was just honestly just a nudge of like, I know you've been hurt. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's toxicity, you know, in church. And I want to heal you from that. And these are the kind of conversations that help with that is just, you know, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's true because God, God made church for a reason, you know, at the beginning at acts, they -hmm. gathered together. Those who believed in Jesus, they, they gathered together and they became, uh, they helped one another. They, they stood in, uh, they helped each other against persecution against, all kinds of things. And, and they, they weren't lonely. They, they loved each other. And I, that's what a church, I know that we just need to go back to our roots in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I've been through two 
in moving and some just, you know, God's told me to move on. You know, I've had some ups and downs with different churches or groups and, you know, and churches doesn't have to be a building, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. we have an online group. It is so great to, to be in person. That is, you know, the, the most, the ideal way, Mm -hmm. but we have an online study, um, not study, but a group that we meet every Friday. And let me tell you the women that one's in Las Vegas, Virginia, there's just, there's a few, they are my dearest family that I love them with all my heart. God, you know, can get groups together in a lot of different ways and it's a gathering and um, it is to be loved. There's love. Isn't that what really church is a place? Yes. Isn't that what we're to be is to love? Yes. Is to show the world that God loves them. There was a, there was a pastor one time. I loved what he said. He goes, if I could give the world the best gift I could give, I would give them their father back. And that is for people to see that they have a father who absolutely loved them. And I mean, you know, here's the Bible again. And we've heard this probably everyone for God so loved the world, you know, that verse. But I'm telling you, it's that think about that a father loves his children so much that he sent his only son, Mm -hmm. his beloved son to die. I mean, to die on a cross and Jesus, and he died. He did that for us. He didn't have to, you know, he laid down his life. And I'm just thinking that's love. And that's Mm -hmm. what we need to spread. God's love. And so there's there's my sermon. I'm on a soapbox now. Sorry. No, (laughs) no, it's, it's, that's, that's the, the, the burning in the soul fire. Good feeling is that's stuff spreads like wildfire yeah the other stuff the other stuff just spreads division you know right. it's like it's like you get that burning of wanting to be right and i understand that's a hard thing to not want to be right sometimes you know but it doesn't really do anything so no so well, like, the church has strayed mm-hmm. you know the church has gone corruption there's been mm-hmm. corruption there is corruption there's mm-hmm. been um and is gone astray. There is, you know, all kinds of mixed motives in the church, but the heart of the church is is still a gathering of people together, and um, it's it's to be good. Yeah. So what? So in wrapping this all up, what do you think? Would you tell somebody, just someone who? would maybe give church a try or thinking about it again or uh, being open to it? Like, what would you say encourage them with trying out a new church? Like what to look for, what, what to tell yourself, like pretend like you were going to go to another church yourself. I'm not saying you would, but I'm just saying like, in the, like, what would you look for? Well, I think everyone is so different, you know, that gatherings look different because people 
are different, you know, um, like our worship mm -hmm. is loud and wonderful. And, um, and I love the songs and I love it with, oh, just, it just suits me to an absolute T. I love it. Um, some though, is it wrong? I, I would rather have songs from a hymnal, you know, right, there's, right. you know, so is that wrong? No, that's, you know, that's what you, if that's what you like and how you feel close to God and, um, as you're worshiping him, if that's how you like to worship, that's good. Um, but I guess I would say as far as, um, teaching the, the Bible is that, are they, are they really teaching the Bible? Or are they teaching opinions? I don't know. That's, yes. That that's be, the key. Uh, that's the key. I feel like opinions. Yeah. Opinions. Yeah. Not, I, I think, yeah. yeah, I think opinions and if there are, they taking um, scriptures out of context. So I would look at that. I definitely would look um, at, at the teaching at mm -hmm. the teaching and the preaching. That's important. So, yeah. Do you, uh, one thing a pastor said that I loved he would always say like almost every message, he was just like, go look at for yourself. This is what I'm teaching. But if you don't yeah. like, go, go look at this passage and figure it out yourself. Like, I thought that was always such a, a great way to talk to people because it was like, I'm thinking this, I'm seeing this. And if you don't agree or you don't feel that, then just go find it. You're like, go look. I we need to that. do that. Oh, oh yes. that's so yes. good. We we need to do that. I think when I was a kid up till now that it's a journey and it is for all of us, mm -hmm. a journey to, to know God and it's very personal and we have to read the Bible for ourselves. We have to read for ourselves. We have to pray for ourselves. We, mm -hmm. we have to learn and I love it to be together with the church. I, I love to worship together. But if I only worship at church and I never worship by myself, if the only time I'm ever going to get any Bible teaching or even open the Bible or hear the Bible is when I'm at church on Sunday, then we're not going to grow very much. We're not because God wants to speak to us. Don't you agree to, to ourselves? He wants, he wants that journey to be between he and I, yeah. he and you. Well, and it goes back to the very beginning when it was like, church isn't about the do's and the don'ts and you're, you know, hell this, or you're a sinner, 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 sinner. Uh, it's, it's a relationship. So yes, a church that go. guides in relationship and not do's and don'ts, you're probably going to feel a lot more comfortable in that kind of environment, you know? Yes. And, and I kind of look at it as like, for me going back to church and the experience I've had, I've, and I mentioned this in the introduction is that kind of coming in it with fresh eyes, like 
I might not love every little part of, you know, what I think church should be personally or what I would design it to be. But what can I offer the church? What can I offer the church and just being there conversation, a welcoming smile, uh, you know, some service projects, you know, that kind of thing. You don't have to do all these things like you can just go to church and take it in you take it in and just be there not judge it for all the negative things either it's just kind of like give it three times and see how it sits with you you know and Um, Tiffany that is so good it's so true that it's not all about us mm -mm. that Yes, that it's we need to go where we worship and we're being taught and all those things are good. But if it's all about me, 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 I'm surely going to find something wrong sooner or later. Absolutely. Because um, people are are not perfect, but it's pretty soon the chairs are going to get uncomfortable or or I don't like the way they do that or I don't like the way they do that. It's like and and we don't want that to happen the the antidote for that and how it needs to be anyway is that i'm going to be a part to now that i've received i i want to help others mm-hmm. i want to join together with these people this church my family and i want to reach out and help others yeah Absolutely. And what's that that hand thing back in the day, like where you put your fingers together and you're like, here's the church, here's the steeple, turn over your hands and there's all the people. Open the door. and <laughs> Yeah. The and you see all the people. Yeah. I loved that. I love that because it was like, it was like, oh, yeah, all the people. But I think, too, it's uh, I one refreshing thing that I've just kind of put together, even just talking with you, is that some of the listeners might know or not, but you know how well you lost the house in Redmond, Oregon, mm-hmm. way back when to the the crash that happened, we lost our house. And, and it was a heartbreaking because we, we, I had moved from Texas. Brian, and I had moved from Texas. We had had Joey just very fresh out of the oven. You know, oh, yeah. Fresh out of the oven kind of time and we like grounded ourselves in this house okay it was like such a special deep connection and growth because i had left my family uh and you know embracing this new environment and that sunk real freaking deep and then ripped out like ripped out and then i kind of feel that way about church too because there was so much grounding for me, like in church, just being, you know, like either being raised to, to go to church or just planting myself in a church. And just that idea of church, I feel like has also been ripped out from underneath mm. me and, and not in a bad way. It's just that what's so refreshing is, is that I'll never, ever move into a house and feel like it's going to be the everything. I'll mm. never go into church and feel like it's the everything. It To me, the everything is in my heart. It's in my soul. It's everlasting. It's Jesus. It's not yes. tied to 
the quote unquote church. It's not tied to the quote unquote house. Are those good things? Yeah. But I'll never have that again. Yeah. Like it just, it, it just won't happen for me because trauma maybe, but just like, but I feel that that's a good thing. Oh, it's, it, you know, yes, it's a good it thing. But it's a hard thing, but it's a good thing. Like I don't love it, yeah. but I also don't hate it either. Like, well, you know, everything like, in this world, you know, everything in this world is going to, it's, it's, it's fleeting. Honestly, mm -hmm. it is someday, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. we can love all these things, but even, um, my husband, I love him. I, you know, we'll be together forever till death doeth part. You know, mm -hmm. I know that we will, but you know, you know how I can love my husband better is that I don't need, he's not my everything. Yeah. Jesus is my absolute everything. And because he is everything and, and I'm still getting more free of things to love him even more then I don't hold on. And when I don't hold on with that tight grip, it is very freeing, not only to me, but to others, you know, because yeah. I'm not looking to them to be my savior. Absolutely. And, and Dave, your husband, he doesn't go to church. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's, you, he's totally like down with you going to church and has always been supportive, but he doesn't go to church. I mean, he's gone to, you know, like some like baptism type stuff or whatever. And but, that baby dedication. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, that, um, but you know, it's, it is a beautiful thing to see that too, for people to see that in you because not every marriage agrees or has the same path in that way. And, and for Brian and I personally, uh, it was very much like that in, in, in our personal walks, uh, I'd never looked to Brian to be my spiritual leader, quote unquote, like I look to him for spirit things and advice and that kind of thing, but I don't hold him to the esteem of you're the spiritual leader of this house. Mm. I look at it as we are both a part of this. Mm. We are both doing this. And, you know, and even us going back to church, it's interesting because for years it was me being the, the, all right, let's go to church. And then we get to church and I'd be an absolute bitch, basically like just on the way fighting on the way. Like, and then when am I going to cook dinner? When, you know, it's like this job basically. And you know, and I don't like, it. I didn't like it. And then on top of that, I was struggling with church anyway. So it's like, why am I doing this? You know? And so I just kind of, you know, and did it my way, did how I felt the, felt it. And Brian went along with it. He had a couple things to say. We worked it out, but now it was weird because all this, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it was like, he said, I want to go to church again. And oh. it was so nice to just be like, come Sunday, it wasn't, it's like, are we going to go to church? He's half of that, not me being the ringleader of it. Mm -hmm. And I never put that on him. Like, you need to be this for the family, you know, whatever. It just kind of happened on its own. I accepted myself where I was like, I'm not going to be the one forcing our kids to go to church every Sunday when I'm at an absolute crabby person and not even agreeing with a lot of that's being said 
and then, you know, and then feeling like I needed to shield my kids and then also like feed the kids. And it's just, it just was, it just didn't feel good. Didn't feel freaking good at all. And so what do I do? <laughs> I just go read, listen to my church podcast, listen to who I like. And it wasn't until Levi Lesko from Fresh Life, he lost a kid at, at age, he lost his child. She was age five. I read his book and I was just like, I want to know more about what he thinks about God. And that's mm-hmm. how I even thought about really actually going back to church was because of just reading that book and seeing God just kind of tug at my heart and, and just be open to it. The healing part of it, especially, uh, for church, you know, um, cause it was, I always was learning, you know, I've always been learning and growing and stuff, but didn't really see the need that, of church, uh, until I couldn't ignore it. And so that's why I want to talk. That's why I've been talking about it. Mm, that's good. The church first life that I go to is we in Polson here, we're a family and I have been helped so enormously much just to be able to be who I am and to learn together, um, cry together, laugh together, eat together and um, serve together. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It can be a wonderful thing for sure. It sure can be. So to everybody that's listening, is there any last comments, Judy, that you want to throw out there? No, I don't think so. Yeah, me either. I just want to tie a big, red, beautiful ribbon on this conversation and just hope that in in your ears that you've been touched in some way or just nudged or just who knows what. But this is our truth. This is what we're living. And we invite you to, you know, come alongside and and ride the wave, the the wave of life. The world needs you. If you're listening, the world needs you and we need you. And so, yeah, that's all I got to say. So Judy, thank you so much for coming on here and us giving your heart to us and all of that. So thank you. You're welcome. And you're a wonderful girl. I I love love you. you so much. Love you more.